Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello and welcome to the Old Farm Bus, Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. I'm back, baby. And who better to be back with than this phenomenal guest? We did a small documentary together and I was really proud to be a part of that. She's very inspiring <laughs> and she's on this bus today. Woo-hoo! Welcome aboard, <laughs> Phoebe Gilbert. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> do you like the energy? It. I do. Are you I feeling it. that? I feel it. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, not one like this. I was going to say, did they have that amount of energy? <laughs> no. Winner. <laughs> and it was in a bus. Oh, so you're really? winning. <laughs> That's what I want. I want unique selling points. <laughs> we here. <laughs> How on earth are you feeling? Because you're looking fantastic. Oh, thank you are you. feeling like I've just shown you around the farm. We've had yeah. a bit of a day together. Yeah. I love and you've it. got a great energy about you thank and glow. You. Are you feeling that? Or I, are you, I am. Are you ruined inside? <laughs> wow. How deep do you want to go? <laughs> Let's go. This is why uh, we do podcasts cast baby <laughs> should make everyone cry yeah <laughs> i'm feeling good i'm absolutely loving it i'm super happy to be here just met your baby oh she's good isn't she oh, she's gorgeous because you deal with that age well 10 months and then okay. up to f- four i don't know how old so. she is now <laughs> she's six months <laughs> six months Give going on seven years <laughs> yeah she's so special but oh, honestly that that experience has fully gained me an understanding of yeah. that extra hurdle in life. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You, you go through life phases, don't you? Yeah. And me in particular, I go through a really rough patch and yeah. turbulent area and then come through with this new found wisdom. Yeah. And I go, I've got it now. I've got it. <laughs> and then I walk on again. I go, oh, no, I did that. I did that. <laughs> but this, this new discovery and this new bit of wisdom feels yeah. so powerful that yeah. you won't let go of it it's just it subsides your ego yeah. do you know what i mean you just think i've got something beautiful to look after Aww. now and it, I, honestly i've never felt in that way before yeah but you and chrissy are just amazing parents you can uh, tell by the little bond you have oh, all three of you. you it's just such a nice unit i love it do you know what i really do feel that as well yeah. i've got that um connection it doesn't it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel fake it just feels really authentic yeah and I live for that I've never had anything like it so thank you so much I love it I just think you're all too cute she's a split image of both of you I can't work out who she looks like (laughs) she's both do you know with your work then yeah and when you're dealing with young children like that yeah (laughs) do the do they get attachments to you yeah a hundred percent well they're with you for six hours no well ten hours for five days a week like a hundred percent wow like i i love it because there'll be babies that when i leave the room will start screaming and kicking and i just think it was straight like with ella she's a lockdown baby and we've been taking her out little bits and doing the best we can but obviously you are very restricted yeah and we're doing our best to like give her to our grandparents and give her to my mum and dad and give her a bit of time away from us yeah but mainly She's cried a little soul out <laughs> to everybody. Aww. And you got a little glimpse of it today, but she was shockingly good with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what is that? Is it, <laughs> did some people just emanate a certain aura? I, I think I think some people, like, when you hand them a baby that's not theirs and they mm. start crying, they panic. So yeah. the baby's going to pick up on that panic and obviously that person will then start looking at mum because you're wondering if mum's panic- panicking. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a whole triangle of panic. And I was going to say, yeah, I suppose mum would be like, it's all right, it's all right. Yeah, whereas Mm. you just need to 
walk away, do something else, like just keep her entertained like I was doing earlier, just think, right. she's crying. It works. Yeah, it works. Well, this is she's big, because <laughs> you and Chrissy are having a good chat, but obviously I couldn't come and get you. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> tree trunk leg over here. <laughs> but you're having a nice chat on the way. Yeah. And what's it called that you were talking to Chrissy about? Which, oh, um, oh gosh, I forgot the name. It begins with an M, and it's sign language oh, for kids. Oh, I forgot the name of it. I'm going to have to come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was the, sign language. The premise language. of it. I was literally talking about it five yeah. minutes ago, and it's just gone <laughs> out of my As soon as you get on a podcast, everything goes, <laughs> everything's mate. Everything's <laughs> you, you have to wing it. Oh, what was it called? That's going to annoy me. But, yeah, it's just I'll, the I'll power put a big, like, a t- text up, and it'll just go, <laughs> this is the word. Or it'll come halfway it's through the podcast. It's going to come halfway through, and I'm going to go, An emotional bit as well. <laughs> yeah, I want a light bulb emoji yeah. for my heaven it comes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the power of, you know, sign and learning sign. A lot of my kids, the ones that know sign, and they'll be one years old, mm. and if they know that little bit of sign, I want to say Macintosh, and that's not it. It's really annoying <laughs> It's definitely me. not Macintosh, <laughs> but I think you're absolutely really on, near the knuckle on it. Are, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the power of the power of just being able to communicate when they can't communicate, and mm. I think it's really, really important. Macaton, got Macaton. it. Macaton. Oh, you were really on the knuckle, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Macaton. Um, yeah, just... Do that. I would just say to every parent, just do that. It's so powerful. Seriously. Yeah. What did you go to uni to study? What were you originally there for? So that was childhood studies. Childhood so studies. All that I'm seeing now and doing and working with now is all that I've studied for the past three years. Is there a, a lot of science that goes into it then? Um. There's a lot of love that goes into lo- lo- it. Love seems like the most important the most element. Important thing. I suppose the most overlooked element a lot of the time Uh, 100% there's Mm. a book called why love matters Mm. and I would just say read that because it's just so important into understanding every little thing you do is so important and will be making connections in her brain and feeling loved and receiving it and it feels like that's the only book you'll ever need on your shelf literally (laughs) that's all you need doesn't even just need to be for children but for now times with the political spectrum the polarization of everybody together just and fear-based yeah Love. It does. It makes life so much more simple, though, oh, when you yeah. go back to your moral compass, mm. tune in with yourself, and go: Is this a loving part of my nature? Yeah. And work with that. I know. I watched the film Donnie Darko. You know, I love films. <laughs> Donnie Darko, while I've been <laughs> cooped up. Yeah. And. It was very interesting, though, because he's going through sort of psychosis. Right. And the teacher writes this spectrum, and it's like, you've got these emotions, it's fear and love. Mm. But then he gets a bit annoyed during it because he's like, no, there's so much more that this entails, and there's a magnitude of other factors Mm. we're not taking into consideration. And I do agree with that, but sometimes simplifying things back a little bit makes life really enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And important. Literally, that is it. And going back to the question of this like was there science behind it there is but it genuinely just love mm, <laughs> that's mm. what they need that's what i everyone suppose needs. that is why they gravitate towards you then because <laughs> you just exude that's that, what you do. That yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean we did the documentary together mm. do you mind going into that a little Go bit because yeah. it was a powerful experience for me yeah i'd never done a documentary before properly yeah and your dad got in touch mm-hmm. and you know i work with your dad yeah and I was very nervous for it, and especially when I found out what it was going to be about, mm. because I know how close it is to your family and yeah. to yourselves, and I, I wanted to do a good job of it, to be honest. You did, you did, you aced it. You so <laughs> we, well, I think we all did, it was a great, a gallant team effort. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but 
do you go onto a lot of platforms and podcasts and give talks about that sort of content? Um, so the content being lost, yeah. um, I would say yes and no. I do on and off work at the minute with it. And, you know, we wrote the two books on loss, the recent one being Independent Thinking on Loss. Mm. Um, and that's when we did the documentary together. Um, yeah, I would say I do a lot of what I'm doing at the minute is I just want people to talk about it. Mm. But I've also obviously got, you know, I work with kids on the side, so I'm trying to also live my life, but mm. also create awareness. I don't want loss to be the whole thing that I do. Of course, of course. I mean... But being an, a big element of yeah. yourself because you've experienced it and through yeah. that experience you can help others. Definitely. And you don't want to talk too much about the the bad things you went through during it. Yeah. But that did help craft you to go on a bit of a, I don't want to say rampage, but <laughs> go on a bit of a mission yeah. towards helping others through it. Yeah, So definitely. could we just do a little bit of the talking of the not-so-good parts yeah, of what, what you had? Like, what... How old were you when you, you lost your mum? So I was nine. I was nine. I was literally just, not a little baby, but yeah, just a little girl. So I was mm. nine years old. Um, you know, she'd been poorly for quite a while. It was a tragic accident. It was awful. And, oh, it was, yeah, awful. There's mm. no other way to describe it. Um, but you have two options. You've Well, one option is survive. <laughs> mm. And the other option is do more than survive and, and become someone and mm. do something with it. You know, statistics say that we should just be... On drugs, homeless, mm. out of school, in prison, and nor me, nor my siblings are have taken that route. We wanted more. We wanted to do more. Is are the statistics really damning? Are they really yeah. high? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And and going back to love, I think it was the love that we had, and that one specific person of the attachment that got us where we are, which I think was mainly my my grandparents. Them really? being that significant person that was always there. Mm. That was, yeah, my granny. My, yeah. Do you know even, like, friends mm. of this age and friends that you've got now, Yeah. do they find it hard to talk to you about it? Um, at the beginning, yeah. Mm. But we, I deal with it in humour. Really? Like, in, in proper humour. And I remember when I first met my partner, um, he was like, I'll never be able to, you know, joke about it. Like, it's too sad. And then we went to, <laughs> we went to see my mum's grave and we came out and he went, she's really down to earth. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I turned around. give your boyfriend a little fist pump. <laughs> turned around and I was like, yeah, now you're starting. Now, mm. now we can stay together. You get it. I think everything's context, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, I, I lost my grandma a month ago or a oh, month or two ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was very heartbreaking. Losing mm. anyone in the family or close by is very mm. heartbreaking. But me and Chrissy managed to communicate a lot on humour. Yeah. And why not? <laughs> Do you know what it's, I mean? Yeah. In context, if you're together and you're just getting through it in your own best way, yeah. it really suited us. So we stuck to that. But then I wouldn't do it in the funeral service or yeah, something and yeah. say well, whatever once she's great and all this but well she was great but <laughs> i didn't i couldn't think of a joke that would be suitable for them no i know what you mean but you know context just works for you so yeah. knowing what you are what you're about and what suits yeah. you is so so vital yeah for moments yeah and kind of going back to that that you know laughter and everything i remember my dad saying you know laughter is the glove that allows us to touch anything too difficult to handle 
And that's a very so clever true. man, isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, how big is this bookshelf at home? <laughs> is it a it's library? It's not one. No, God. I can think I can count about six, yeah. and that's not all of them. <laughs> that's too many. Powerful. And I think they're all in alphabetical order. You could say, "What's like? where's this book? And he'll say, I know Straight exactly away. Yeah, and I said to him, I remember last time I said, have you read all of them? He said, no, a book will tell you when it wants to be read. And I'll just say, oh, only an author's going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's got to be philosophical nowadays oh, hasn't it? it's always a, a metaphor and then there'll be a thunk coming out yeah. of nowhere and then <laughs> my brain will hurt <laughs> so and during that patch yeah there was like a few teachers and so on that didn't really know how to handle the situation yeah am i correct by saying yeah a hundred percent i think that in the world well not in the world in the uk we don't know how to deal with death we don't know how to deal with death on a normal basis let alone when it's from a little girl that's just lost a mum and a lot of the work that we've done previously is you know trying to help teachers and just people in general Mm. respond better when you've lost someone like when i was little i was made to sit in a mother's day assembly Mm. Uh, and i just remember people turning around but no one did anything a teacher could have easily told me right look this is what's going to happen let's Go sit in the library together. Let's do something. Yeah, yeah. But I can probably say that teachers just thought, oh, that's too awkward, isn't it? Like, oh, let's not do it. Mm. Yeah, it just it's... People need to do more. That's what I see, I think. But they don't know what to do. They want to help, but they don't know how to help. Is it getting better? Um, I think so, yeah. I think because you know, of the princes and everything, they've started talking about mental health mm. and that's kind of opened up a little space and even more because of COVID, mm. people have to talk about death. Everyone's, yeah, yeah. you know, grieving, aren't they? Something. I think it's opened up a huge door towards people. Yeah. I think it's opened up minds completely. Yeah. People that were stuck in certain jobs that they hated, yeah. being in factories or meaningless tasks yeah. have all gone hang on a minute, this existence is very limited. I'm yeah. a, in a blip of time. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Yeah, literally. And there's been a lot of whys being asked and what's being asked. Yeah. So a lot of questions. Definitely. And I really like that in people. Yeah, I was saying to Chrissy on the way, like, you know, the generations before us have been through so much. Mm. And our generation, I think we needed this. Mm. We needed this more than ever to just appreciate everything. Mm. Because I feel like we we didn't, and now we do. And uh, yeah, there is that light and dark of it, isn't there? Yeah. Because I do see a lot of anger uh, being spilled about there. Yeah. Um, and like we said, polarity. Yeah. But through my social medias, but I've sort of I've learnt to manicure my social media a bit now. Yeah. So that sort of mute button yeah. <laughs> is, I think, very healthy. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't need to see the influx of everything. Yeah. So now I've started to do that and I'm seeing more loving aspects of nature being shared. Yeah. I'd love it in, in people being creative and putting forward their their art and their best pieces yeah. of self. And the conversations I've been having is like, well, I was scared to do it before because, you know, I needed to just work and then I was too tired to get home and do that. But yeah. now I've been given time, which is so important. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's gone, do you know what? I'm going to just beat on my craft. I'm going to beat on my passions. Yeah. And that just seems so inspiring at the minute. Yeah. I'm really proud yeah. that people are, are taking that from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Everyone's got a little side hustle now, haven't mm, they? Yeah, like, yeah, it's everyone. been in place. Yeah. Because it, it is. It's been quite regimented into us. And, you know, mm. you've not heard my story but I got kicked out of my school so right. my my 
the primary school didn't want me <laughs> I went to another one managed to just scrape through that got into this secondary school yeah that was just a terror I'll tell you this little story and I've said it on here before but come on, come on we've got I, want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my last meeting at school yeah and I was with the head teacher and he was an ex-marine right. so a very militant man and this was just my moment of, oh, education isn't for me. And it was right. because my sister has got a different second name to me. So she's a Mullen Rose right. and I'm a Markham. Right. And she is the genius of the family. Like She's, <laughs> she's all the bait. Uh, <laughs> she's a human rights solicitor right. in London doing incredible things, saving people's lives right. and doing great stuff. Me, <laughs> running around, <laughs> breaking knees, <laughs> hitting trees. <laughs> just, yeah, basically not doing the right thing, the right thing to society right standard. Yeah. Uh, and at school, we had this meeting and the head teacher loved my sister, but she's five years older than me and he didn't know she was my sister right so we went in mm. with my mum who's a mullen froze like my sister and they're really proud of the heritage because my granddad was like a famous doctor and i'm a markham and all we're known for is birmingham <laughs> bunch of bummers <laughs> and went in and the teacher's just screaming at me mum and they're going mad at each other so he's like seriously he can't read he can't write he's in year nine he's not listening what is the point of him being here and my mum's shouting back because she is sassy so she's like it's your responsibility yeah, it is. It is, he's in school to learn he's in school to do all this and they're just Passing the blame onto each other, basically, yeah. and they're shouting at each other. And then I literally remember this moment really vividly because he he whacked his big marine hand onto the table, <laughs> and I thought in my little Mikey mind, <laughs> you shouldn't have done that, mate. <laughs> Not to me, mum. <laughs> so he whacks it down, and he went, Mrs. Markham, what are we going to do about your boy? And my mum, who's really proud of her heritage and her name, went, I am not a Mrs. Markham. I'm a Mrs. Mullen for Rose. And then the teacher, and I've never seen like a, an energy relax so much, pieced together that that was my mum's sister, my sister's mum. Right. So he just went, are you, are you Beth's mum? And then my mum then really proudly looks up and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Beth's oh. mum. And then he looked at me and he looked across and looked at me again and went, you must be so disappointed in Michael. And I just, honestly, I just remember like breaking in two after that. Oh, and I tell that story when we go into schools um, a little bit. And I go in with Martin and I always say, I was nuts before that. And I went Brazil nuts after that. Why are you bound to? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, I really struggled. So I, I tried to get kicked out. And eventually they just said, do you know what? Let him do his exams and stuff. But from outside, let him do it at home yeah so i really struggled with education and then i went on this big ride of um doing them meaningless tasks so i went and worked at thornton's right and i'm a big thinker i've always had that about me yeah and my mind's just been 100 miles an hour as you can probably tell <laughs> <laughs> i was just really struggling mentally i'd been to like close suicides oh, gosh, deep monkey. dark depressions re really painful existence yeah and i remember just watching all these chocolates pass me by and i'm like putting them in box after box after mm. box so 
I was thinking in my mind, do you know what? I'm going to try dancing and just try and get through it. And as I was dancing, the boss came over and started yelling at me again. And all my life had been not that loving nature, but fear-based nature. So I just had a meltdown that day and I just started throwing things around. (laughs) I did. just threw the boxes around and just said, I'm out of here. Because I was looking at people by and I think it was a a conversation that I had with an older bloke on that shift. And he, he just looked at me and went mate you're not built for this get out now i've i've signed myself up for this i'm depressed i understand but i've got nothing else to live for get out and this is an old guy i was only like 19 and maybe 17 at the time yeah and i just had this click and i threw things aside i needed like rocky music on (laughs) i just stormed out (laughs) and then um i went spoke to my mate Mm. And within two weeks, we'd booked tickets to go to Australia for a year. So I went out traveling. Yeah. And then I did a year in Oz. I did a year in South Africa. And just, I went around traveling. Yeah. But eventually what got me home was because I I never wanted to get back because I didn't have a passion. Mm. So I had nothing to come back for. I was just really enjoying being in hot climates, (laughs) meeting people, enjoying new experiences. Yeah. The good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> but one day when I was away, mm. I got a, a phone call uh, from my dad. And my dad, you not met him today, but his name's Dave. Mm. You've got a picture in your head now. <laughs> well, Bold, you've just gone like that. <laughs> tattoos, you know what you're getting, farmer. <laughs> and he just called me up. And he just reeled off all these terrible things that was going on at home. Just like, he's like, how are you getting on? I was like, fine, fine. What about you? Oh, this has happened, this has happened. And then the last one was, oh, and your mate from back home had been killed in a knife crime incident. And it just, I don't know, it it punched me in the face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember just thinking, what is life? What is the point of this? Why are we back home? In, in I, I don't know how you say it, but like um, machines of just going out on the weekend, yeah. being in jobs and then violence. That's all I could imagine back home being. Yeah. So I took the day off. I cried a lot. <sighs> and then I just started writing and I never wrote a thing ever because at school I was told dyslexic. Right. So stay away from writing. So then when I ended up going on this big purge yeah. <laughs> and this big cathartic feeling yeah i eventually thought i've got something to say I've, i feel like i've got a superpower it hit i was like door of the explorer with a pen <laughs> going around going this is cool <laughs> so i came back home mm. and this is getting to the end of the story really and why rhythmical mike came to be yeah but uh I performed eventually to me dad in the kitchen one day. So I'd had a few of those (laughs) and sat down and just said, dad, can I perform you a poem? Yeah. And he just went, you what? (laughs) Poem. (laughs) I goes, go on then. So I started performing this poem to him about my friend in the knife crime incident and society and all things like that. And I looked across and my dad was blubbering, like crying his eyes out. And I never felt a connection with my dad before. We're not really bonded over emotions and so on. Yeah. So... From that moment, I thought, this is a powerful tool. This is, if you want to change things, this is a way of talking to people. Yeah. 
being thought out with your words and yeah. choosing carefully and putting them on paper and editing through. Yeah. So that that gave me a bit of a superpower. And then I went on and started meeting creatives and new people. And yeah. it, it did, it, it shaped me. And I feel creativity would have been a massive thing for me at school, would have been a, a really good way to help me yeah. channel my energy that they couldn't deal with. Yeah. But they just went, no, he's not fitting into our boxes, into these shapes, so let's just get rid of him. And that, so you wanted to hear my story and you got it. <laughs> but what that's, a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a bit of who I am. Yeah. And that's why I'm passionate about working with your dad and working on missions in school and helping people that yeah. don't need to go through all the, the wrongs that we experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of, I go to schools now and I see bullying happen and unfolding and teachers sort of just, I can, I know they can see it in the peripherals, but they're not taking a moment out to go, no, it stops now. Yeah. Because bullying was the biggest one for me. That's what really, really affected my mental health. Yeah. I hated school from that. So yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about learning from my experiences and yeah, going and definitely. sharing them. And that's why I love what you're doing and I love what you're about. So thank you. Well, yeah. look, I was just about to say, you know, there's always another way and you you're welcome Dad. you said it <laughs> <laughs> but there is and I think that's the worst part especially in the UK is that it's just oh you're naughty go on mm. go I'm not going to spend the time with you but it should be you're naughty what can we do mm. you're not even naughty you're just it's a cry for help in a way isn't it yeah it's yeah like, or so you're struggling you're struggling yeah mm. you, you know like instead of you must be so disappointed in him let's sit down together and you know work this out work it out something's not no, they're not enjoying the experience it experience we're not enjoying the experience you're not enjoying the experience what can we all do together to make this a good experience for everyone yeah, involved literally but it's just <laughs> some people just think it's black and white they mm. just think right well you know you you whatever we can't help you but mm. you can there's so many things so many things that people can do why do you think the education system followed that suit do you know why it ended up being sort of a factory for breeding obedient people? <laughs> Puppets. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it's easy. Mm. It's easy to just make a framework, isn't it, and make people follow it. And if you don't follow it, then you're stupid or, yeah. you know. I, I don't think Ofsted helps in a sense that you've got to follow this and you've got to achieve so much, but mm. they don't take into account that you may... You know, not everyone's on the same level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I hate maths. I, yeah. I hate maths. I'm rub shit at it. I'm gonna say rubbish. Sorry, Dad. But I'm shit at it. I hate it. <laughs> you go. I'm shit at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, but I can. I'll. You know, I, like, I just love talking. I love helping people. Mm. But they always said, you know, like, oh, you you can't do your maths. You won't get into uni. Well, I'm in uni now. I'm a founder of my own business. Mm. You know, there's so much I can achieve, and I just didn't want to sit in the exam and deal with the anxiety of having to do pie and yeah. I never use pie in my life I'll eat it but I'll never yeah. use it <laughs> what's your favorite oh god steak yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm celiac so I, I don't understand what you're talking about right now never mind yeah. <laughs> when we say you're helping people yeah what does that consist of then what are you going in and trying to to implement um so I think it originally started from just wanting to make sure no other child has to go through what I went through. Mm. Not in the sense of losing a parent. I don't think I can change that. I can't, you know, I can 
do what I can to help you after you've lost someone, but I can't change it. But I can change how people look after you, mm. you know, during during what you're going through. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. And then now with the new company of Kutchy Care, I wanted to create a support kit for children who have just lost a parent, lost whoever they love. There's mm. nothing out there that says, look, I can't take it away, but here you go. So I wanted to cuddle in a box. Mm. Um, and then because <laughs> of COVID, that stemmed from, you know, just for children, just now just for adults as well. And then another one, which is like a box that you can just send to someone you love if you miss them, because you can't cuddle them. We're mm. not allowed to see anyone yet, really. You yeah. know, like, I'd send it to my granny, I haven't seen her in a year, but you can send her a cuddle in a box. This is genius. So, yeah. It's literally a cuddle in a box. Yeah. Explain yeah. that. <laughs> well, the first bit of a cuddle, from a, bo- a cuddle in a box comes from the gravity blanket. So I wanted a weighted gravity blanket. Wow. Which kind of gives you that feeling of, like, the heaviness of just a nice cuddle and that warm touch. Mm. Um, and you've got, you know, velvet water, hot water bottles in there. We've got calming balms. We've got soaps. We've got a seasonal affective disorder lamp. So like a therapy, a therapy lamp. Mm. Just loads of things that I just wanted to, to bring to people. Um, bereavement resources from Winston's Wish. Uh, a memory jar, photo frame, wow. lots of things in there. I like that you're working with Winston Wish as well. Yeah. Winston's Wish. Winston's Wish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too many W's. <laughs> <laughs> but what better time as well in oh, these yeah. times to deliver cuddles in boxes? Literally, everyone's <laughs> grieving, aren't we? We're grieving a mm. life. We're grieving, you know, a year that we've lost with people that we love. We're grieving loved ones. Everything it, that you've known. Yeah. It's just been flipped on its head. Oh, honestly, it's just yeah. been shit, isn't it? And, it? and like we say, there's some people that have rose from the ashes through this. Yeah. But the ones that have struggled and be- felt lost and confused through this. Yeah. Cuddles in boxes. Cuddles in a box. I can't, if I could cuddle everyone, I'll yeah. do it. I love, I love a kutch, which is why it's called a kutch. A kutchy care is because kutch is a Welsh term um from nina who kind of helped us get through our bereavement through mm. kind of offering us a cut which is just more than a cuddle it's just a massive safe secure warm space and that's what i wanted so that's wow what and what's the company called Cutchy care so if i went into on the website yeah and it says about what would that say what's your sort of <laughs> oh gosh it's all about you know how oh what's well, about how this whole this whole business is just inspired through loss mm, i mm. wanted to create something I, I didn't want to just lose mum and that be it mm, so mm. that's what the about bit is all about it's just it's about so inspiring creating something after your life after death really. mm. and have you had any success stories out of this have you had any people that you've worked with yet or young people spoken to you and you felt a moment of connection and i oh, feel gosh. i've helped them in this moment yeah, all the time. I mean, this is a funny story. One of my best friends, um, Helen, I literally met in an, in an airport. <laughs> we met because we have the same story because I've connected with her over, you know, all of my loss and her loss. She lost her mum. I somehow have a magnet that says dead mum. No come way. to me if you've got a dead mum no. come to me because I think about five of my closest friends have lost a mum and I don't know how I don't walk You're around joking. saying is your mum dead let's be friends yeah. <laughs> I mean that would be a strange conversation starter yeah well as dad calls us a dem- we're demi-orphans so <laughs> get the t-shirt have a demi-orphan t-shirt you are. No, that, is, that is odd how you've all connected uh, yeah. from that but yeah, so, so you've all had those conversations and yeah. did you all deal with it in very different ways then when you've had those conversations um yeah but i am the person that's ahead i've got like the the biggest gap between losing mum yeah so i think my friends see me as you know this 
the steps of what's to come so I can kind of help them in what they're going through because I know that each year is completely different mm. um and and yeah we all deal with it differently but we've all given each other kind of support in how to deal with it and I think mm. that's really important age must be quite an integral part of it do oh, you know yeah. what I mean and from naught to so long from three to this point i suppose every year yeah, is a very different. different way of dealing with it yeah a hundred percent so and and you were nine yeah what was happening around that time for you then was it were you being year six i know i was in year four year four so, yeah little little yeah okay so did you have to go out of school for a little bit so <clears throat> my school were amazing in the sense that you know they were like you can come back when you want take some time which mm. i did um they also told will help the kids to make like cards that mm. were sent to me which was just amazing because then you've taught nine-year-olds how to respond to grief wow whereas you know my sister's school were like you need to get back in for your exams you need to do this you need to do that because I, th I think so, if we can focus on the ones that smashed it and did it right for you yeah. and those people, can you reflect on any that oh, yeah. did the right conversations? Because as you can probably tell in my nature now and how I feel, <laughs> it is such um, a topic that I've tried to stay away from mm. until recent, really. Mm. You know, dealing with my grandma's death and I, I tried to do a poem. I did do a poem at a funeral, mm. but... I thought, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I was reading and then suddenly I just broke down oh. and I'd just been bottling it and I hadn't realised. Yeah. And then I, I got it out and I, I was proud of myself for managing, mm. but the bottling of it is so dangerous mm. and it's not wise to do. So I'm feeling the more I accept death, the more I appreciate the conversation surrounding death, yeah. the better I can help you know ella when she gets older yeah. to understand it because yeah. it's such uh, there's life and there's death and that's that the it. biggest factor of life so yeah. having these conversations i want to know how to approach them better yeah I, I, like as i said at the end of the documentary that we did you know just talk we need mm. to talk mm. i think that people see it as they're going to traumatize you if they ask you about it mm. but the truth is i've been through the trauma i've i've gone through the worst bit which is losing mum mm. and in fact I want you to talk to me about it yeah I remember saying that to my partner I want you to talk to me about you know talk to me about a memory let me tell you why she was funny what she used to do mm. um people just need to get comfortable with it it's gonna happen you're gonna you know you're gonna lose your mum and dad at some point it's crap but you're going to I'm mm -hmm. gonna lose dad which is a massive fear it's his mm. birthday this week and I hate it because it's getting older and it's terrifying yeah, yeah. but we just got to face it. We're going to die someday. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's what makes life so beautiful, though, isn't yeah. it? Because, you know, with these passions that we've got, with my music, with yeah. your interests of life, it makes you have thirst to get things done, get things Definitely. achieved. Yeah. You know, if we had infinite time, we probably wouldn't get off our arses ever. <laughs> exactly. I know I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> and I, I was thinking the other day, you know, before COVID happened... There were so many people who had plans, and that, I think, is the thing that makes my heart break when I think about COVID and however many deaths now. These people have plans. These people, there were people that were young here that mm. we've lost that had plans, and they had no idea that within a day or two they're going to catch this virus, and that was it. Like, yeah, it's just... Yeah. That just makes me want to get out and do more and live more. Yeah. Just go and do it, because there's thousands of people that can't live, that haven't lived through this. I mean, even going through illness or going through... A pain, like me now, <laughs> on my crutches, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm being over dramatic if I say I nearly died in there. <laughs> being put under and have, having an operation, surgery, and being opened up... Yeah. 
and then you go in the room and you're sat with like older people and they're on catheters and hmm. drips and whatever's going on. I was looking around. I had an existential moment in there just thinking life is short and actually feeling the pain. Yeah. It kind of inspired me it mm. went as soon as you get your health back when you get your legs yeah. back and walking i'm really gonna push again those yeah. days where you do because you know when you've overdone it yeah and it's not bad to watch a film now and then and <laughs> sit down but if you're just procrastinating for procrastinating sake yeah going back to that feeling i got in the hospital of no you you've got your health you've yeah. got your legs you get get on and do it yeah. it's so important and that's how I feel to death when I reflect and remind myself of death mm. it makes me think leave a legacy leave something behind yeah, be proud of something yeah. make something of your life literally make just make a change just want get up in the morning and think I want to do something to, mm. to make a change to someone's day at Cause, least because I do I, I feel that for like mini Mikey and all mini friends at the time when we were in Thorntons together or doing them meaningless tasks yeah. I just wanted to get a big speaker up and go you're all gonna die <laughs> one day remind yourself of that yeah now what do you want to do <laughs> yeah and i think you'd be very different if like you say we have these conversations of death mm. reflect on it and go what do i want out of my life then Literally. what do i want it to be yeah so do you feel because you've experienced it so young mm. and you've had to think about it and you've been given this quest mm. it's made you inspired it's made you want to go out there yeah, definitely. There's two answers to that. One, I think about death all the time. Mm. And I could be on the train. Even today I was on the train and I thought I'm going to die on the train. Really? But that's just because I've been exposed to death so young that my brain thinks that's going to happen. Mm. Um, and two, oh gosh, I just... I feel like, yeah, you've... There's no other way it's going to inspire you. And I think from a young age you just feel like you've got... You're either going to go down with it and you're going to go, you know, just fail because it hurts so much and just do rubbish because it hurts so much or you just need to just get out of bed and do something with it you've mm. got to take the pain smack it in the face turn it around and make something empowering with it i mean i feel this because this podcast and this platform for me yeah. was always just a space for big mikey talking to mini mikey <laughs> yeah. and that quote be the person you needed when you were younger yeah and a big truth of my life as well i breezed through a bit of my story i was like I did that 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 <laughs> Uh, one of the biggest um, points of my life mm. and centre points was when I got into substances. Right. And I was heavily into substances mm -hmm. because I couldn't deal with loss. Yeah. So I went through a breakup and because I'd not had a very loving childhood mm. and my mum, incredible, inspiring woman, but not like she openly said, I never wanted kids, didn't want you. <laughs> so that can hurt you as a kid. Yeah, that's um, And leave imprints. Yeah. So later on, I had attachment issues. Right. Got into a really powerful relationship in South Africa. We're like together, <laughs> we're going to live forever in this glorious <laughs> land. Came back home, mm. reality hit. Mm. And then one day I came home to a, a letter on my bed and it just said, I've gone. <laughs> and honestly, I most of my friends have breakups yeah. and it'd be a couple of weeks and they'd be back on it and normal. Yeah. It took me months. And because the pain wouldn't subside, mm. it was just down and darker yeah. and more and more. I literally got to the point, I typed in on Reddit, easiest ways to die. Mm. And I I swear on my life, I was that far like an inch away from ending it i was just too scared to do it in honesty yeah and i'd been and got um 
razors and everything everything oh, you can imagine no. i was so close um but somebody on this thread mm. literally put this and i do not advocate substances or anything of that accord mm. but i'm just giving you my honest life and honest anecdote of my life mm. and he said before you do anything daft why don't you try psychedelic yeah <laughs> And I did. I, I was like, I live in Ripley. I know. <laughs> I know a man. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> Might have had a dog. And I did. Yeah. And I could tell that story for hours. <laughs> yeah. But I went on uh, this quest then, and it was the most powerful moment of my life. Mm. And that taught me so many things in one night. Yeah. And so many incredible things, yeah. really powerful things yeah. that I'll never forget. And I had a thing, what they call an ego death experience. Yeah. So I, I literally did die that night, but come back into the the infinite awe of love, <laughs> which <laughs> not many people will understand. Yeah. The one thing that did happen to me through all that was I ended up getting... Not addicted to substances, mm. but to the experience of what they give. Mm. So then I went really far, too far down the line of that, yeah. which would take me into really bad, severe mental health. So yeah. psychosis, schizophrenia, severe paranoia. Yeah. And I, I've tasted everything. <laughs> I've been through so much, but because I've had that ego death experience yeah. and I felt like I died one night. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a good story there. <laughs> but I won't go there. <laughs> I'll say that. But um, I feel it really grounded me because it was just my body, mm. this meat sack that I'm in that, that died. Yeah. But my consciousness went somewhere else. I went yeah. into other other lands other territory yeah. i don't know what that was i don't call it god or anything like that but i experienced something other that night out of body mm. and ever since then i've literally never feared death again I, at yeah. all because I, I couldn't talk about it before and i was exactly the same as you yeah i always thought about death yeah uh, i was really really scared of the the what next mm. and the fear of the unknown but the second I feel like I've experienced it yeah. and I had a death experience and I've had one without drugs as well. I, I crashed the car upside down on the motorway. But <laughs> but I've had so many I near how death. you just say that like, like <laughs> I've got silly little Mikey. <laughs> but I, I can come back with the reports of all these stories and tell young people or people, mm. you don't need to go there, you don't need to do this. Mm. But I like making the mistakes for people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because You're I've made them. Pick. I feel like I've I've come back with the little bits of wisdom from them. Yeah, and Definitely. that one for me was it 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 made it not fearful because mm. there felt like something other, and I I, yeah. I don't know what to call it, but it doesn't make me fearful anymore yeah. at all. It's really yeah. strange. That's power, like empowering, isn't it? Mm. I feel like there's got to be more. Mm. like when I think I'm terrified of it in the sense of saying like I was on the train and I thought about it yeah it scares me but also after mum died you want to think they've gone somewhere beautiful yeah so it makes me not so scared as I used to be but convinced that there's got to be more you can't I can't we can't just be here and then go because when think. you say you, you you've got fear towards it is that your fear is it the fact the unknown mm. possibly yeah I think so I think if anything, I'm not. When I think about like dying on the train, I don't think it's scared to, to, of me dying. I think I'm more scared of my family, like leaving my family, mm, and like, mm. I think about my dad. But I think that just comes from a traumatized child's brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just psychoanalyzing right yeah. now. <laughs> I just I wonder because if you ask most people about death, mm. and we had this conversation, yeah, 
the ninety percent would say they're scared of it or they're fearful, mm. and I wonder what that is i mean it's gonna be different in everybody yeah but all stems from a, a similar place i suppose yeah and i you know my sister had blood clots last year she's right. again incredible woman uh dedicating her life to people and mm. causes and she did um, a marathon mm. went running um stopped halfway and she never had to stop before right. and she went to the doctors that day and said i, I don't feel good i'm, I'm something not right and mm. they just sent her home and said you're all right it's fine came home I think she went back the next day mm. and they sent her home again. As she went home, she passed out. And when, luckily, her partner was there, because if he wasn't there, she'd be dead, definitely. It was a huge operation oh she had. Um, and when the ambulance got to her, she only had 40% oxygen to her brain. So they, they saved her life. Um, she was in intensive care for two weeks. But she died two times on the operating table. And again, because I've had a, a psychedelic death experience. <laughs> yeah. And she's had an actual death experience. Yeah. But we have the same connection. We're talking about, I went somewhere else or I, I experienced something other. Is that what she says? Yeah, yeah. We had the, this exact same connection on it. And we went, it's weird, isn't it? It, it, oh, but so it it then subsides that fear you, yeah. you go through it so when you've been through a near death mm. and you've been through something existential mm. you, you stop fearing it's yeah, powerful definitely. yeah i think the mm. fact that you know as well you went somewhere else mm. it's not it just stopped it's you went somewhere else mm. like that's where your brain goes it I and think it, that is. yeah it wasn't like the ego sense michael markham went to another yeah, place yeah. and had this but my consciousness carried on yeah, exactly. it, it, it felt like we're all connected how i'm talking to you it was like a one consciousness thing yeah. to, a turn to one <laughs> okay maybe i'm not scared yeah, <laughs> you'll be fine man <laughs> but i do I, I do feel these conversations so many can't like substances or so many mm. they're all need to be discussed we need oh, to be open books and willing to go that's just an experience these people have been on yeah literally. we need to be able to approach all things collectively yeah and take them on board so we can help people through it i think there's so like as you've said from i'm not kind of saying do substances mm -mm. um but from what you're saying like i think people need to be able to explore that part of their of the world in their brain i think there's mm. so much to explore that we can't explore mm. that doing things like that safely could be a possibility to help people isn't there like um i don't know if we're allowed to go into this but like uh, ecstasy, on this podcast you are anything, <laughs> like ecstasy rehabs and stuff that allow people to kind of like go through that and like kind of experience yeah yeah i think they use, mdma they definitely use i know that there's one on mushrooms at the minute they're doing with um mma fighters because they used to think with parts of the brain ct that mma fighters go through right. when their neurons die yeah that would just finish your neurons were dead then mm. but actually what they're finding is with magic mushrooms they're firing these neurons back to life so they're regenerating part of the brain which is which is That's powerful <laughs> so it makes me think why are we not accepting all conversations yeah, yeah. Why, like us now yeah. why are we fearful of stepping into this territory yeah. when we go I'm not going, kids, do drugs, yeah, but I'm going, here's a man of age that went through an experience, yeah. and here's why, and here's what it did for him. Yeah. And just being scared death of, don't do drugs, kids, because this is your brain on drugs, this is what yeah. you're going to... Then 
what happens is you end up like me, not having a clue about them, yeah. trying to discover it for yourself yeah. on the internet and just doing silly doses yeah. and not knowing safe regulation, where you can sort... It's all yeah, things like literally. that. I, I don't advocate anybody to do anything. No. I just say, here's what I did. Here's what I went on. Yeah, but then we allow, you know, alcohol and cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I completely no agree. <laughs> <Benefits> <laughs> <all>. <laughs> but I, I do. I just feel... A problem we can sometimes have is mm. we second guess what people are going to think and mm. what people are going to experience by us saying a certain thing. Yeah. So we try and manicure it or sculpture yeah. it in a certain way. Yeah. And that's where probably the teachers that you were experiencing at mm. school were struggling with because they were like, oh, if I say this, yeah. she's going to be like this. Yeah. And we have to be a little bit fearless mm. to dare to not offend somebody, yeah. but maybe upset somebody to then get through that breaking yeah, glass definitely. to go well i'm sorry this is what i wanted to say and yeah. just constant conversation yeah because exactly. through it in the in the sticky territory <laughs> there's a beautiful pearl to be found isn't yeah, there 100 percent. that whole kind of like being scared i think is just so true and people just need to be a little bit more fearless but then we live in a world at the minute that you can't really say anything because mm, people mm. will find something wrong yeah censor it <laughs> with anything <laughs> so god knows people just need to just go for it reckless yeah <laughs> no maybe not <laughs> <laughs> go do drugs no, no that could be the snippet of this whole thing <laughs> do drugs or no, no do definitely drugs. not that is not the snippet <laughs> that, that is not the wisdom we take away from this <laughs> as we go for a second yeah. So, so with you, mm -hmm. have you got all the passions you're spinning as well? Are you doing a lot of plate spinning? Um, I feel like I am and I'm not. I mm -hmm. feel because of, um, of lockdown, I feel like I'm doing nothing and I'm doing everything. Mm. I mean, I work full time and I love that. I love my kids. I work in a forest school. Um, and just watching these little lives. Forest school sounds incredible. Well, there's a lot of mud. A lot of, <laughs> lot of, poo, a lot of shit and a lot of mud. So. <laughs> I mean, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one pooey <laughs> child and I've got 20 pooey children. Oh, okay. That sort of poo. <laughs> yeah, top I thought you, you meant being outside with <laughs> like horse poos and you stuff. You win with your yeah. farm. <laughs> I can top trump you on pooey children. Oh, though. God. Do you have to deal with all of that? Yeah, of course I do. You've got explosions, you've got sick, you've got everything. So wow wow that, that it's taking a turn on yeah. this podcast we've had drugs and now i've got pooey children i can deal with pooey children now go in what's your worst experience what happened oh gosh well the other day i was changing someone a little boy and he started weeing and like, i was gonna say was you must have to take a lot of changes of clothes with you yeah well yeah yeah ish <laughs> i remember another one where um a child the other week just went you don't want to sit there. And we were like, why? And she just went, there's poo there. <laughs> we were like, what? She was like, poo on my hand. Oh, God. And she had obviously just gone down the back of her nappy and just pulled it out. But it was just the way she just went, there's poo there. You don't want to sit there. <laughs> just looking at you like... So blagé. Yeah. And it was just all in her hand. And we were Deal just like, with it, oh. miss. But I think that was one of the worst ones. What are the benefits of being at a forest school? It's just connecting with nature, isn't it? There's, mm. there's so much about it with, you know, the generation we've got that are just so technology-based. Mm. I think there's so much beauty in not channeling maths and that type of stuff into young children's brains, just letting it free flow, get them outdoors, get them muddy. These kids, you know, 
absolutely don't care about mud. They yeah. don't care about any of that, the nitty gritty. They just get down. It's all about their own free play. There's so much power in it. And I think that is so important. Mm. Because uh, obviously I've got to get to a stage where we're thinking about what school Ella's going to go to and what yeah. she's going to do. And I've really looked at Stein schools at the minute. Right. I'm very interested because my friend's who's a filmmaker yeah. and one of his other friends is a really prolific musician right. and so on and i just keep seeing all these successful kids coming from steiner schools and i ask them about it and they don't speak in such a a good way about it but i'm like but you ended up amazing <laughs> so what are steiner schools uh, in like steiner school is like a german school so it's, a, it's like steiner. <laughs> yeah, sounds very scary steiner. and authoritative but it's far from it again it's them uh, principles of discovery right and what they want to learn, they go and ask and they can sort of dictate their own learning rather yeah. than have it dictated to them. Yeah. So it's like the that. emphasis is more on that. But the children I'm talking to that went to those schools said mm. they wish they had a little bit more mm. knowledge towards technology, though, because yeah. they weren't shown that. So they would have liked to fine tune balance of yeah. um a bit of the mainstream education side yeah. of things. I, I genuinely, I think I agree with that. I think there needs to be a little bit of balance. Mm, mm. Um, so maybe we just need to set up a school that's in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't Charlotte Church done that somewhere? Has she? I think so. Nice. Charlotte Church, you, your dad was talking to her, I'm fairly sure. Right. Because um, I went, and uh, maybe I, don't, I shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go for no, it. I think there were... Um, we went for a meeting mm. and she was there and I was just looking like, I love your music. <laughs> <laughs> but she was talking on that front about, you know, Steiner schools being a little bit old school and back in the past, but yeah. having great principles. Right. And obviously we know about mainstream education being a bit too forced mm. and authoritative and could they do that? So I think there's something in the makings oh. there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, just in time for Ella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does feel like it needs to be that. Yeah. Um, because I want Ella to have the all the opportunities possible. Yeah. But... I do want her to make her own decisions and Definitely. make have her own curiosity explored. Yeah. And I feel school that I went to stamped that out as hard as they could. Oh. <laughs> we need to get rid of that, you know, what do you want to be? Mm. Who do you want to be? Like, from a young age, you're, you're told you've got to be something. Mm. And it's just like, what, a vet, doctor? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's so true. We should just start off, you know, who do you want to be? Not do, what do you want to be? I just think it? the world's so different now even in this year mm. because it was still following suit of my grandma and granddad's generation yeah. of you get this job you do this job for this amount of time yeah. you get a pension you die to I don't know if this has been a long time, but two to three years, and now people are going, well, I want this job, and I'll yeah. do a bit of poetry here. Do you know what? I really like film filmmaking, so I'm going to try this over here. Yeah. And just a constant shifting and trying out and completionists. Yeah, but that's how it should doing be. doing things. And it, well, yeah, it, it definitely works for me. Yeah. It suits me. Definitely. And I... I I've come to this understanding now mm. that I can't tell people what to do and what's best for them. Mm. And I felt like I could when I was a bit younger. I was like, the system's fucked. We're all fucked. <laughs> We're it's all wrong. Fucked. And and now I feel like I've got this attitude. 
I'm going to say these things for yeah. people that have fallen to the system that aren't finding it, it's working for them. Yeah. So I'm trying to help people and speak to people that are struggling. Yeah. But for the ones that are happy with nine to five, go out on the weekend, do yeah. this, and they feel comfortable in it. Yeah. Go cool, it. it works. <laughs> it's, it's for you. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to work for me and I think there's a lot of people like us that need these other ideas 100% I think that was the hardest part about coming back to the UK obviously you know traveling before Mm. the whole you know nine to five bed no tea at six o'clock I remember when I first moved back and people at uni were making tea at 4 p.m and I was just like what (laughs) why (laughs) but it's just because it's the repetition isn't it like let's work do this do that and then go to sleep Mm. when actually life I experienced elsewhere it'd be 10 o'clock at night and they'd be like let's go out let's go do something there's no spontaneity I didn't find I suppose traveling's made you the incredible person that you are today possibly or my Jeanette no I'm joking (laughs) you can't take a compliment can you (laughs) I I saw you then you were like Mikey (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) can we go into that a little bit yeah where you've been and where you've traveled yeah so we after we lost mum, we went on a holiday in Dubai mm. and I remember being in the Hilton Hotel and dad saying, we're not going to go back to the UK, <laughs> let's just stay here. So he went back to the UK with my sister, he packed up, me and my stepmom stayed in Dubai and that was it, we, that was like the spontaneity of that, we just, is that the right word? Spontaneity, spontaneity yeah. Spontaneity, yeah. Mm. Um, and so that's how Dubai happened and then we went back to the UK for a holiday and I remember dad saying, we're not going back to Dubai. Great. I think we were talking about moving to Bristol, and then the next day I got another call from him saying, we're going to go to Chile. Wow. So there we, we went on the flight, got to Chile, stayed in Chile, learnt Spanish, went to school there, loved it. It's a gorgeous country. And then something happened and we ended up in Hong Kong and then I grew up in Hong Kong and I just absolutely loved it Hong Kong is home Home Kong Home Kong Kong. why was it Home Kong what happened in Home Kong oh it's just the best of both worlds you just literally you lived in a city but we also you could go to the islands you're on a boat every weekend you were by the beach it was the dream the dream life but you know, it's not it's not that way anymore because because of China, well, but we won't get into that. I'm not, I I've been to Hong Kong, yeah, <laughs> Hong Kong for I think seven hours. <laughs> I had a right. little drop off and then stop the off. Yeah, and I, actually no, I did one night there because on the way back I had to stay. Oh yeah, but it was like a airport hotel. Right, yeah. <laughs> I managed to get a bit of street food though. Mm. But what was it about the the people there and the, yeah. I think you're all in the same boat you're all from somewhere else mm. so you're all trying to find your home there and, and make it yours okay. and everyone brings something different to the table I had German friends English friends American friends Israeli friends mm. Latina friends you know like everyone's bringing something to the table you all had a different tradition that you'd add in or a different humor that you'd add in it mm. was just exciting all the time that sounds fantastic i'm glad you tried so when did you actually come back and stay at the uk then how old were you then so i was 18 19 okay and that was basically uni yes so you've just traveled all around did international schools was it yeah yeah and then you've come back and then right i've got a passion yeah i want to help young people yeah and i'm going to go to uni yeah are you glad you did uni? Yeah, I am. I have I, no idea how I ended up in Sheffield Hallam. <laughs> how? I don't know. Um, Is but, it because it's got good raves and that, have it? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I did it. I am glad I did it. Um, 
there's so much to uni life that's just you just can wake up and say should we go to the pub because it's sunny you don't have any responsibility (laughs) (laughs) but I'm glad to have finished I was ready to finish would you put to young people coming out of school yeah go to uni yeah or would you say take a bit of time out and think about things and then go to uni as an option um I'd say go. Hmm. Just go. Go because it's not like school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like school. It's not cliquey like that. You know, you don't have that pressure. You just got to do something you love and enjoy. And if you don't love that course, you'll find another one. Mm. But go because, you you know, you move out of home and you live with your best friends and it's just so much fun. You can do what, not whatever you want, but there's just so much responsibility that you take on for yourself. Mm. It's, it's empowering. I'm so glad I went. Was it a good course that you went on childhood, to do? Yeah, I did childhood studies. Yeah, it was. It, but I went on there because, going back to statistics, me and my brother and my sister are normal. Normal. <laughs> we didn't go down the road that we should have after losing mum, and I wanted to know what happened in childhood. What did we get right that mm. made us who we are? And that's why I studied that course. Mm. What Did you, you come to any conclusions there? Yeah, it was the attachment theory. It was having that specific one attachment, which was mainly my granny. Right, okay. Having her that was consistent throughout it all. So mainly for the people who have ended up in those statistics, yeah. the, the, the bad side of the statistics yeah. is because they've not had anybody else to replace that gap. Yeah, definitely. Right, 100%. that's powerful. I believe so anyways. Okay, I know well, this sounds like a good belief. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're dealing with young people yeah. that have lost a parent, mm. let's say, is your role to try and help others around that children? I know they can't fill in that gap necessarily yeah. wholly, but give the support that that person would be given because i suppose if you lose a mum or yeah. if you lose a dad it's a very different role that mm. they're performing mm. have you got to f- help people supply part of that role i think it all comes back to to love mm. be that main figure that's just giving them love you don't necessarily have to you know fill fill the gap mm. you just need to be there yeah you know be, be honest be open um and just allow how can I word it properly allow for direction give that person direction mm. you know and accept if you are the person that's lost someone and someone's trying to help you mm. try and accept it you know that no one's trying to fill the gap but people are just trying to love you and I think when you lose someone especially a parent I know that I struggle with feeling unloved just because you lose a parent you don't think you're good enough yeah that's what it stems from uh you know we lost mum and I will still to this day question did I do something wrong mm. you know is that what happened but you just need to accept love from other people because it's not you you haven't done something wrong Mm. have you you had to do a lot of therapy for yourself after it um yeah i'm still because i'm because i was so young after losing mum and every year is different i'm still going through you know different phases so i don't think there's one set of therapy that kind of fixes it all Mm. but i think importantly like cbt for me was my main one i found that counseling therapy you just go and sit in a room you bring all this shit up and then you have to walk out and you're just stuck feeling awful all day but i felt like cbt cognitive really yeah i felt like cbt was the one that you go in you say i'm feeling crap what can i do today right okay that helped because i've heard it get a lot of bad rap actually cbt CBT. yeah um but mainly for that purpose because they're just like they're 
putting a, a surface over something no. when there's a broken thing down here yeah. that needs looking at but again I suppose it falls back to that what does the individual need Definitely. and you're finding out what worked for you yeah but there might be people go right actually you need to go to the roots mm -hmm. and go underground yeah definitely for, i think for me cbt is really powerful and yeah, works because so. that the smoothing over i feel for self mm -hmm. doing the days that i did and everything <laughs> the, the explorations i've been on yeah. i've done so much soul searching i can't go much further i can't keep going <laughs> back and forth going well i wasn't loved as a kid yeah therefore i'm here i've done enough of that to go this is why the repercussions have occurred this yeah. is why the pain and why i act like i act yeah definitely happens yeah what else can i do about that here's a way of smoothing it so i think cbt the, the both in hand can work well yeah definitely it's all of it it's, it's about what works for you isn't it mm. um like for me going back to psychedelics and everything and medication i have never met anyone where medications worked, antidepressants and stuff. And it might, it's not the same for everyone, but mm. for me, CBT was the way I wanted to go. I wanted to not numb it and not medicate it. I wanted to just work through it mm. on a day that I'm feeling rubbish. Now I know why and now I know what to do. I do, I think medication should be the last resort, resort yeah, completely 100%. for me i self-medicated yeah but because i would be dead without it I, I didn't have the resources the opportunities to go to that step yeah, exactly so it was a guy on reddit i discovered and yeah. he, he he pushed me down that path but he saved my life in essence yeah because i felt oh i've been lied to all my life there's another realm yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's knowledge that i've never even embarked upon so yeah. i went through that but i think it's a very very last resort i think the answer is always within us yeah definitely. and you could go through yoga you could go through meditation <laughs> you could go through breathing exercises yeah. and then having actual exercises to go uh, upon yeah that can help you find the answer in a better way <laughs> yeah 100 no definitely i think I I think people or doctors to be fair the first thing they do is just give it give out medication I remember yeah, when we were in yeah. Hong Kong you know there were so many students that I knew of at 16 that had just been piled with medication mm. no one had actually gone right what's the issue mm. let's help you let's talk through it tell me just <laughs> tell me what it is because i'm i am quite fascinated in substance now yeah um because i've had a lot of friends addicted to them my auntie worked for a charity helping addicts and i've been and worked in a lot of rehabilitation centers mm. doing poetry workshops Powerful. and I, I love them because mm. they've got the best stories <laughs> but they have a similar story you know they been to the doctors yeah and particularly people that were addicted to heroin mm. it was always like methadone was just the the quick fix easy answer but yeah. again it's another drug it's a really powerful substance mm. that just masks you and then yeah. as soon as it wears off yeah. you're desperate for the next fix yeah and i've spoken to so many people that um advocate absence-based recovery mm. and that's because it is going down into the yeah. soul going down into the roots yeah. and finding the problem yeah. and trying to be long term yeah. so i think it's always better to try and do it naturally definitely. and come up with them answers yeah definitely now, do you have anything that you're as well as this business mm -hmm. that you're going on towards like where, where's phoebe in the next where whenever oh gosh you know <laughs> what's what, every happening? day it's different one day i think let's just go to bondi beach 
kitchen maker. Really? Bar. Yeah, yeah, that sounds ace. That's a... And the other day it was let's go to London and just open up a kitchen care shop. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I just, I think after COVID, I feel like there's so much you can do. Mm. I don't think there's any. Is your dad very supportive of all these ideas? Does he sort of push them all upon you and say, right, well, you've got all these, Just now make one. Yeah, yeah. He's never, he's never like pushy, but he's always, there's, there's no limit. He's never ever been like, no, you can't do that. That's not going to work. He's like, yeah, go for it. Really? He's always been like that. Yeah. Like he's always, nothing was ever wrong. Not wrong, but I mean, he was one of the lenient parents. And I think one time he was told to like, not control your children, but like be a bit more strict. Mm. But actually the reason we're so open is because we were so, it was so lenient. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. But you, if I were to make a mistake, I learned from it. It was never like, well, you you fucked up. (laughs) It was okay. That wasn't great, but let's move. If you were thinking of say doing a a parenting podcast and giving some (laughs) advice out and learning from such an inspirational figure like your dad, what would some of the attributes be or characteristics where you think that that makes a good parent? Right. Oh gosh, where do we start? (laughs) Humour. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anyone makes me laugh like my dad. Although his rule is if one person's laughing then it's funny and normally he's the one person. Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um God attributes. Yeah, humour, I mean just handling ev- handling everything with care. No topic should be too difficult to handle mm. with a parent. You need to offer openness. Like I think some people think we're aliens because my family chat is just constantly going and there's nothing too rude, nothing too funny that we don't share with each other. Seriously? Yeah, it's always like, I'll check I my phone in a minute. I can't picture this Can at all. I'll, well, I'll <laughs> show me, show me what I'm allowed to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you don't want to see it. I yeah. know exactly <laughs> what I can show you up. That sounds great, yeah. Um, but yeah, openness. Like My dad has just been open... But he had to take on the mother figure and that's where everything changed because actually when I was little, you know, I was always a daddy's girl, but dad was working. Mm. We Mm. were, you know, coping with mum. But then when we lost mum, he had to be mum. So yeah, he's my yeah. mother fudder, as we call him. He's mum. <laughs> mother fudder. And I don't know how we came up with that. It was like mother and father, but it's turned into mother, mother fudder and then mother fucker. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows how we got here? Yeah. I don't know how we got there. But yeah, he's, he's mum and dad in one. So that, I think, is it. Just be the parent you wanted. Mm. Be that parent you wanted and you needed. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. And the biggest one for you, love. Yeah, and love. <laughs> Give love. Yeah, love. Cuddle me. Like, me and my dad will have a cuddle. I remember saying to a friend the other day, like, do you cuddle your dad? And she said, no. <laughs> and I just thought, what? I, I, at any chance, I'll just cuddle dad and I'll just mm. sit on his lap. Because I think anything can happen next week. Yeah, I can't yeah. cuddle you. And I just want to cuddle you. I feel if, if you wrote a book, you'd literally, it'd just be called love. <laughs> and then the pages love. just say, just love each other, you idiots. <laughs> that is it. Just yeah. love. That's all you need. <laughs> Do you have passions as well? Like, are you, are you sporty? Oof. At the minute, my newfound passion is the gym. Really? Is, like, where my brain... If I'm, if I'm having you get a, a bit of there, escapism. Yeah. Because you have an active mind. Yeah, 100%. Do you? I struggle with sleep. I just struggle... T- I can't not think. I'm always I, thinking. Is it of good-natured thoughts? Are you always thinking of the next best thing to do and mm. thinking of business endeavours or are you thinking about how horrible life is? <laughs> well, it depends what day it is. Yeah, I mean, now, probably yeah, yeah. how lovely great? life yeah. is. <laughs> I'm um, on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where I am? I don't know where I am. I'm on a farm. Chrissy just bought me from Derby Station. <laughs> this might not be even my farm. I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I, my, uh, my passions... 
at the minute my passion is literally I just love my kids yeah that is yeah. my passion at the minute not my kids yeah my, yeah the, the kids, kids that I work you work with. with that's my passion I think gymming I just love to love as well I love to give so we're gymming gym. we're gymming <laughs> we're gymming <laughs> do you um, go on the treadmill when you're doing it yeah do you listen to podcasts uh I'm trying to get into it but don't ask me the names because I cannot for the life remember really? me. Really? Do you know what they're about when you're listening? No, because I just switch off. Yeah. I start listening. My attention span's <laughs> awful. And then I'll be looking at someone, a nice, beautiful man across the gym yeah. lifting. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope that's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> He's not at the gym. He's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that is your pure escapism then. Because yeah. we do need them, don't we? Because mm. I feel, for myself, I, when I got into poetry... Mm. I just did poetry. Yeah. And I really embarked upon that path vehemently. Yeah. And it was just performing to London, to Bristol, to Brighton, yeah. to all over the country. And it'd be every other day. But sometimes you need an escape from your escape. Oh, Does that do, make sense? Yeah, yeah, completely. Well, I think that would be an escape in my mind. But because yeah. I turned it into a job, yeah. it was actually not an escape at all yeah because I was trying to build something yeah so a real escape would have been being at home relaxed yeah, doing things I enjoy I, I used to love football used to but yeah um I totally just switched off to all of those mm. and I thought I was escaping because after the poetry recitals and performances I'd be having a drink with everybody yeah. and we'd be having a laugh yeah but then the next night I'd be going to the next event and it wasn't ever turning off actually because it was networking and so on but then after that year of madness (laughs) unfurled I did I I realized how bad my health had sunk Mm. my mind started sinking with it and I was deteriorating Mm. and I went back to a boxing class for a bit uh, because I used to do a lot of boxing yeah it's crazy because I was really health 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 related then went into this hippie (laughs) poet just traveling all the time but it was that triangle of going respect your mind respect your body and respect your soul yeah literally all in that same balance yeah and that's where i felt the happiest in my life because i still get to do my creative plays and enjoyment Mm. but also i've got the business spinning plates so i'm taking myself seriously Mm. but also now i I make time to go and see friends and do the good bits i like yeah it is for helping young people find that important balance yeah i think that's so important only i think this is the most like balanced i've ever been Mm. with you know i wake up at 5 a.m go to the gym wow okay dedicated <laughs> you go and then work from 8 till 6 p.m and mm. then you know then do a bit of kutcher care stuff but it's all balanced and mm. i'm i'm exhausted but in the best possible way is it uh, taking up a lot of your time kutcher care some days I, what i'm struggling with at the minute if we're being honest on the podcast is being inspired mm. i'm in a phase this past week where i just feel like i don't know who i am what i'm doing <laughs> i look like i have it all together but i was gonna say <laughs> you seem all right to me love <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's all the, no it's not all the front but some weeks i'm absolutely acing it and i'm doing so much with kutcher care and you know like i sold on the first day i launched it i remember being in, in bed with anxiety and just saying to my partner like this is a sh- shit idea it's not gonna do anything 
I hate it, just delete it, and then I got a message the next day from a care company saying they want 100 boxes. Wow. <laughs> got so excited. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so then I was like, well, shit, like, people want this. But then at the minute, I'm just feeling inspired again, and it's just trying to find that, you know, what's it called? What's it called? Where you just, that oomph to just want to do something again. The, the fire, the burning, yeah, the fire. inspiration. But yeah. I think it's because I turned my escape into, like, what you've just said where you were overdoing not mm, overdoing it but mm. you suddenly turned into a job well i think it it gives breath into what you love mm. if you do your passions mm. because when you're giving yourself that time away yeah when you're there sometimes you're going oh yeah i can't wait to get back into this yeah. but as soon as you go i do poetry i do poetry i do poetry you, you do burn out yeah, eventually genuinely. it cons it um, consumes you yeah definitely. completely so yeah, yeah I, I think it's fundamentally so important to have all the things about you yeah. taken care of yeah 100 mm. that's what i'm trying to work on do you think, would you like to collaborate with us then do you think we could get you on the bus would you do any workshops with it or anything yeah 100 that is when you asked earlier actually like what's my direction that's one of them i want to really do workshops with it i'd happily set you up a kutchi corner oh, we, well we do a lot of workshops and stuff here <laughs> that would be amazing like outdoors and we've got a peacock running about and the pigs and stuff it's it's really nice 100 so there would be we'd somewhere love to connect do. with you and start collaborating having you down here more would be amazing oh yeah do it i really yeah. want that yeah, so, honestly me and chrissy love you oh, after love you, uh, we had that documentary together yeah we just left going what a brilliant family. <laughs> <laughs> Should we make that sort of family for us? You haven't yeah. seen the family chat yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After this, I'm going to be like, sick kids. We're not collaborating with you. Sick kids. <laughs> That's why we've got a granny chat that she's allowed to be in. Right, just one, one without. <laughs> <laughs> sick kids. That would be the new name of the family the chat. sick kids. <laughs> Sounds like the twits. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, do you have in mind then how your po uh, podcast, your workshops would sort of look? So, I think there's two ways I could take it, you know. There's one that I want to do about the comfort and all of that, but I think mainly it would be grief-focused. Right, okay. So, I think working with people and mainly possibly practitioners and, you know, all of that, that mm. on how to cope with students that are dealing with death or teachers, I think that's what we need to work on, really, mm. if I were to do those types of things well honestly we want you on here well, let's do yeah, it yeah i'll see you next weekend <laughs> some funding in the guy <laughs> right, in my wait, i have got to go and play dad right so th thank you so much for thank being on here have you enjoyed it, it? i absolutely loved it honestly oh time with you is always so fun oh you're just saying I that now it. it's always good fun isn't it it's always good would fun. you do it again 100 percent. and would you start your own let's go for what it what you're gonna call it Oh, just I put you on the spot creative. here. <laughs> what could it be? Cut your chats. No, I don't like oh, that. No, 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 no. Mm. I think you were going somewhere with that. Caring chats, cuddly chat. Oh, I don't know. Cuddly chat. Go on, yeah, cuddly chat. I love cuddly chat. <laughs> I think we've just named it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. Can I be your first guest, please? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Honestly, oh, if you you want you. any of the gear, anything, I'd love to help you because 100%. you're somebody on a mission, thank and I want to help facilitate that mission a million percent. <laughs> thank so you. So, can you just let everybody know, my nan, because she stays to the end, <laughs> where they can access all your material everything you're doing kuchi 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 right so well kuchi care it's c w t c h y 
in the Welsh term. That, so Kutcher Care is on Instagram, uh, which is probably the best place to find me, and then kutchercare.com, which is online. Bill. And there you go. So it's just. Mama Grand, she loves Instagram. Well, she can't get go, her get off her it. <laughs> I need That's a hashtag genuinely. that'll help. <laughs> Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. Guys, you've been a part of the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. Let's leave you on this. Be nice to each other, you beautiful buggers. Remember what Phoebe says. Just love one another. That's all you got to do. Cheers to that. It's love is simple. <laughs> kind words. <laughs> Cheers for being here.